Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Reddick, and this week we are going to be talking about no equipment required games to play with your nanny kids. And to do that, I have brought back on the wonderful Sarah George. Hello, Sarah. Hello, Martha. How are you? I am doing wonderful. I'm so glad to hear that. So uh, to remind anyone who's listened before or if I have a new listener, uh, Sarah and I met in person at Nanny Palooza, but we had become Instagram friends and uh, she's been a, a supporter of the podcast for a long time and she's a wonderful nanny and I'm so pleased to have you back on. Oh, thank you so much, Martha. You're welcome. Happy to be back. Yeah. Um, and so just quickly, since this is uh, your third episode, which is wonderful, uh, if you can give us like a quick background of, of your nanny journey. <laughs> okay. Um, I was born and raised in St. Louis, and I've been a nanny for about five years I am currently working with a two-year-old and a seven-month-old. Yeah, that is the uh, that's so cute. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you are if uh, you as a listener are thinking to yourself, "Wow, the two under two, that's crazy," go listen to Sarah's <laughs> two under two episode because it's a really good one uh, that offers a lot of really good advice about how to manage two little ones that are under two years old. <laughs> Very cute, but it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, so this uh, episode actually Sarah thought of and uh, was like, you should do an episode about no equipment required games because as nannies, especially around this Christmas season, uh, we know that... <laughs> toys like pile in to our nanny houses our kids are all so lucky and loved and it's wonderful 
But the toys get old so quickly to kids sometimes. Mm -hmm. There's some that stick around and like they use frequently. um, But it seems like a 50-50 split sometimes to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Between like, oh, they're going to play with this kitchen set for a long time. Or they're never going to touch this dinosaur ever again. (laughs) (laughs) But somehow it'll end up on the floor and I'll have to pick it up. Yeah, or I'll step on it. (laughs) Yeah. So so these are going to be all games that you can play without any toys or equipment required. Uh, Most of these are great imagination building games or listening skills games. Um, And for a lot of them, I have a uh, typed out rule set. So if you're driving and you're like, oh, that sounds like a great game, but I'm never going to remember all these rules and I'm driving and I can't write them down. uh, I will post a link to that rule set on Chronicles of Nannia on Facebook uh, and the website. So that will be there for you. So don't fear not. You, You don't have to fear because the rules to a lot of these Newer games will be out there for you, written down already. Um, so yeah, let's start with some like give me like really easy ones that come to mind when you think of no equipment needed. So mm-hmm. hide and go seek, <laughs> great game, I love it, uh, and it can get complicated because sometimes kids hide in places that are bad like in the dryer have you ever experienced that (laughs) not in the dryer but like sometimes in the storage rooms like they pull out the big tubs and they get behind the tubs yeah (laughs) without taking about like eight tubs out yeah and I'm like have you seen your initiative is great There's like a video going around right now on Facebook and this child has managed to get himself stuck behind the drawers in like an armoire and you can't, you have no, you cannot see any part of the child. You just hear his voice coming from it. And I don't know if he went, he like laid his body down on a bottom drawer, slid it in and then somehow stood up or (laughs) the dad's like video recording. He's like, how, how, how did you get in this piece of furniture? Um, that's hilarious and also must have been terrified, terrifying for the child, but, but I'm also like natural consequences, bud. Yeah. I'm sure if you know, like a firefighter, they have like probably pretty good stories where children have managed to hide themselves. Oh, I bet. Yes. Um, so yeah. So when I play hide and seek with my kiddos, I, depending on age range and ability, um, I sometimes limit it to one floor of the house, uh, Mm -hmm. because if they're, if they're young and stairs are iffy, uh, then I am like, we're just going to stay on this floor and you can hide anywhere on this floor. But it needs to be on this floor. Uh, And then as they get older, then they can go, you know, I'm like wherever in the house, but not in the dryer. Yeah. In the house is like a main rule. You cannot go outside. 
Yes. Um, yeah. And then sometimes with kids, I like to play sardines too, um, which is where someone goes and hides and then as people find and only one person hides and then as you find them you hide with them and then the last person to find them uh is is it for the next round is the person to go hide um i have never heard about yeah it's kind of a fun twist and can like shake it up if you've played hide and go seek a million times and you're like I'm good. <laughs> um, and then I always joke. Sometimes I, if I'm tired and they want to play hide and go seek, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to give you extra time. I'm going to give you 60 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> and it's just so I can close my eyes for a minute. <laughs> yeah. I'm still listening. I'm still aware. But then I, I have an excuse to shut my eyes for one whole minute. And it's great. <laughs> but who hasn't done that i know right um and that's also more with older kids because little ones just understanding the concept of hide and go seek can be difficult sometimes (laughs) um but yeah so that's a great one um i also love i spy um Mm -hmm. Which kind of brings us to the category of uh, games that you can play like waiting in line or waiting at a doctor's office or in a car um, where you don't have to move around a lot. And these are great for the holiday season because a lot of times we're running extra errands for our nanny families. Uh, The post office lines are really long. Or you're traveling for the holidays. So um, I Spy is a great one. And you can do a lot of variations on it. Mm-hmm. As they start to be able to uh, read, sometimes you can like have them, like I Spy, a word that starts with R, which helps build on their reading ability, which is really great. Um, but then for younger kids, just working with colors or shapes, it's mm-hmm. a great way to do that. What I tend to do, especially when we're in the car, we do, I sing the ABCs and then I'll probably like sing counting to 20, which takes as much attention as singing to the radio. So we do that a lot and she'll like mimic back to me. Yeah. I think even just like singing songs, uh, is a mm-hmm. great way to pass the time in the car you know the abcs or the itsy bitsy spider and they can do the hand movements and if you're driving then you can not do the hand movements (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah that yeah because my little one has the tendency to uh get a little antsy when she's thrown the toy on the side of the car and Sarah, pick it up. Sarah, pick it up. I'm driving. (laughs) Yes. Sarah can't help right now. (laughs) They have no cons, especially if you're out of light. Well, the car is stopped, so I don't see why you can't help me. Yeah. I've had to have that talk several times with my littlest one. Or if he finishes snack, he wants me to take his container, like right then, (laughs) 
I'm like, you got to hold on to it, bud, until we get there. It is. There's nothing quite as terrifying. Maybe like sneezing while you're driving. But if you've ever had a shoe thrown at you oh while my you're gosh. trying to drive. Yeah. It is. Oh, we had to have a talk after that. But. Mm-hmm. But yes, I think playing some games in the car can help. Uh, another really good one, and this, I mean, this is better for older kids, but is 20 mm-hmm. questions. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah. And so if there's anyone that doesn't know the rules to that, uh, one person thinks of a person, place, or thing, and they tell them uh, you can play it either way by saying it's a person, place, or thing, or they have to use some of their questions. With kids, I usually tell them if it's a person, place, or mm-hmm. thing. Uh, and then um, the kids or whoever's guessing has up to 20 questions to try to figure it out. And they all have to be yes or no questions. Um, and so that's a really fun game to play that doesn't. You don't need to move around. And back to uh, singing the ABCs, something if you're waiting in line uh, Mm -hmm. or in a doctor's office, signing the ABCs is really helpful um, because it gets their hands involved and their brains and they're learning basic sign language, which is great. (laughs) Brilliant. Yeah. My stepdad. You get really good at it. You can be quiet. Yeah, my stepdad used to uh, do that with me. He would teach me like basic sign language because he's fluent in sign language. And whenever we had to like wait somewhere, he would teach me basic sign language. And then he and I kind of developed our own signals to each other, like at parties and stuff, which was really fun and cute and a nice bonding thing. Did you have the I'm ready to leave now? Yes, yes. <laughs> the ready I've heard to of, go. like families having that sign. Yeah, but I mean, it was literally that I would sign like that I'm ready, uh, which is making the letter R and putting or making the letter R with both hands, putting them in front of your body and then moving outwards from your body uh, out to the sides. Um But yeah, so that's a really good one. And if you've done it enough, then if you're singing the ABCs in the car, they can choose to do sign language in the backseat if they want. Um, And that's also potentially you could do with quite young children, uh, especially if you're Mm -hmm. working in a household where they are teaching baby sign language. You can kind of work through that. Um, and then another popular one, which actually uh, Katie Leineke, who's been on several times, uh, she and I played this game on our way to Baltimore for Nanny Palooza, uh, which is the license plate game where you find all of the license plates for all 50 states. Um, Did you ever find Hawaii? No, we still haven't. It's driving us bonkers. <laughs> she... <laughs> Katie sent me a picture of, um, like, we found, like, Quebec and Washington, D.C. I mean, Washington, D.C., we were in Baltimore, so that one's easy. But, like, Quebec yeah. and all these other – and I found one, like, a this Ireland. It was an Irish license plate. And I was like, Ireland what? but not Hawaii? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't understand. I've seen a Hawaii license plate before, but it's kind of like – I probably – 
probably cars stay there, you know? Yeah, it's it costs quite a bit of money to get them over. And then I think, you know, if you're if you do that, you're most likely living in the States and then you got to get a new license plate. But come on, just one. Yeah, if you've <laughs> seen Ireland, months. that's probably like, come on. Yeah, and it was just the front. The back was from like Michigan or something. But um, But anyway, the license plate game, you're trying to get all 50 states. And actually, there is an app on your phone uh if you type in like license plate game it's the i think the first one that comes up uh that will give you you can hit in which states you found so it this is really only if you have two adults in the car if you're going on like quite a long road trip um <laughs> or a kid that is good with a phone that you trust um but it also tells you facts about that state which is really cool. Um, that is cool. If you had a middle schooler or yeah, college child, and it's it's, so fun. you see it on a map, so you're also getting to like interact with where all the states are, which is always helpful. So mm-hmm. that one for a road trip, I would highly recommend. Um, and you can also just write it down on a piece of paper, um, or maybe remember it, but. Not me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's a really good one to play when you're stuck in the car. Um, yeah, and I think I think that's it for me. Did you have any others that are good for like waiting in line or in a car? Well, so for waiting in line, um, especially if you have a little one who's sitting in the child seat in a cart, mm-hmm. we do the copying faces game oh yes yeah we do like mimicking of that and like do different emotions yeah that's those are all really a lot of that and holding up you know whatever's in the cart or anything that's in arm's reach at a grocery store that you don't think they're gonna scream because they want it (laughs) (laughs) it's like what is this what color is this yes yes i love that um yeah, and a lot of these type of games are things you just find because you're like, mm-hmm. I I really need for you to not have a tantrum. A lot of my best game moments have come from I can tell you're about to melt down and we have to like check out or mm-hmm. we have to like make it from point A to point B. And so I'm yeah. trying to prevent uh, the inevitable by redirecting mm-hmm. for yeah <laughs> a few minutes. Um, so yeah, those are all great. And the the mirror game of like mirroring emotions back to each other uh, helps teach uh, empathy and emotional uh, intelligence. So that's a really great game to play. Um. And yeah, you don't have to have any equipment, which is great. <laughs> and kids think it is hilarious. They really do. But you uh, get really dramatic with it. Yes, which is always fun. Um, another thing that I do because of, of my acting background, but I think anyone could do it, is I sometimes, if we're like in a cart, I'll start talking in different dialects. And they... 
either think it's really funny or they get really mad because they don't like that <laughs> my voice sounds different. Um, so if they get mad, then I stop. But if they think it's funny, then I can do a bunch of different <laughs> accents. And uh, then we just have the same conversation, but in a dialect. And then it's hilarious. <laughs> and then they start trying to do it. And that's really cute, too. <laughs> I cannot do accents, but whenever I start singing one song, they know she knows. Uh-huh. Say, no, and then she'll throw out something so random. Sing Mickey Mouse songs. <laughs> She's seen like thirty seconds of a Disney, like Mickey Mouse thing. That's all. It's like Mickey Mouse apparently just does something to children. Yeah. Down, keeps. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know any Mickey Mouse songs. <laughs> she just wants you to sing about Mickey Mouse. I'm like, I. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what you want me want from me, kid. Yep. <laughs> Uh, the, uh, one of my kids is like really into Spider-Man. And so if I'm like, Hey, what playlist do you want to listen to on Spotify or whatever? He'll be like a Spider-Man rock music. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I find something and I'm like, I, I think this is close to what you want. And I put it on, and sometimes he approves, and sometimes he doesn't. But <laughs> that was so um, funny. If you're what, just one last thing because I thought of it. Yeah. Um. So if you're ever in a car, um, something I found to do is search. I use YouTube, but you always kind of have to be like a little bit wary of those. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, the ones I found, like I've never had a problem. But I yeah. search like anything they like, and then if you type book afterwards. Oh. And it usually comes up with a short, like, audio book of, like, you know, like, the little golden book, golden mm-hmm. books? Um, they'll have those, like, some, like, a read-along of those. And they'll be, like, 10 or 15 minutes. And those are really great because we found, like, pretty much anything that they could be into. There's a 15-minute read-along story on YouTube somewhere. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Definitely look. And I know there's – I wish I could remember the – um channel but there are longer ones that are just breakdowns of disney movies and they're told in storybook form and those are amazing that's awesome uh if you think of it later will you email Mm -hmm. me and i'll put that up uh on the website i will thank you um but yeah that's really great uh and this isn't necessarily no equipment needed because you need a phone but uh i would also say for long yeah if you are tired of listening to the same songs over and over i would recommend uh the story pirates podcast they have original stories that are written by kids um and then they act them out in like a radio play form and then they interview the kid and it's really cool um, I have an episode about that that was a while ago. So if you want to learn more, go listen to that episode. But the, their stories are delightful and I enjoy listening to them uh, as much as the kids do. So I would recommend that for long road trips and, and plane rides and things like that because you don't have to – you can download them and they take up less space on your phone and stuff than a video. Um. But yeah, so those are all good like road trip or you're stuck in somewhere games. But yeah, often, especially during the winter, uh, especially like we're in Chicago, the winter gets 
can get brutal up here. Um, there are some really good like cabin fever breaker games uh, that require no equipment. Um, so the first of which is Zookeeper. I love this game. So for in this game, you can play. I've played it with as young as three. Uh, before that, it gets a little squirrely. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. because they might not have a solid idea of what a zoo is. Um, but so you are a zookeeper and the kids are your animals <laughs> at the zoo. And so you, I usually grab like a stuffed animal and I'm like, I'm going to give Teddy a tour of the zoo. And the first place we're going to go is to the elephant exhibit. And then I turn around with Teddy away from the kids and then I turn back and then they're, they've transformed into elephants um, and they have a blast with that and they can name their own animals that they want to be. I'll be like, oh, Teddy, where do you think we should go next? And then kind of like look at them and usually they'll be like flamingos or penguins or wherever. Um, but yeah, or, or ask them directly, where do you think I should take Teddy? Um, so that's a good one. Is that the, I'm trying to remember, cause she, you showed the stuff at Nady Palooza. When you turn around, are they supposed to freeze or do they continue the action? They continue the action. So that, I okay. think you're thinking of Night at the Museum, which, okay. uh, or Wax Museum, um, mm-hmm. which I will get to, but yeah, for this one, the idea is that they're supposed to try to emulate the animal that they're supposed to be as closely as possible. And so a lot of times, uh, when I teach this at like theater camps, then we really talk about like, how does an elephant move or how does a flamingo move? Like, are they heavy? Are they light? Do they move quickly or slowly? Or, you know, does, how does a kangaroo move? Things like that. Um, Or like, what are some features that you think about when you think about an elephant? Like, you know, and I'll usually toss out like, it's got really big ears. What else do you notice about elephants? And, so it's getting into that detail mm-hmm. um, and and memory about different animals. Um, and sometimes we pause the game because they'll like toss out an animal and then not know how to act it out. Um, <laughs> and so we then look it up or like watch a video of that animal moving around and and then talk about it. And then we go back and I'm like, OK, now let's be that animal. So that one's that one's really fun. And even older kids, I have found, really enjoy that one. Definitely. Um, it gets them up and moving and helps with imagination. So um, the next one is called Captain's Coming. And this is one of my favorite games. It's kind of like a a spin on Simon Says. So you, usually I start out as the captain, um, but with older kids, 
sometimes I will, after we've played a few times, I'll hand over the reins to one of them and say, now you're the captain. Um, and so, and this one's for like four and up, I would say. Um, so the captain then calls out commands. So if the captain says, captain's coming, which I guess technically you're not the captain if you're saying captain's coming, but I still call myself the captain. Nobody has ever <laughs> called me on this fact. Um, uh, so if you say captain's coming, everyone stands at attention. So they're like in a salute. Their legs are together, you know, stiff like a board. Um, and they can't move from that position until the caller says at ease. Uh, if they laugh or they break from attention, they are dismissed, um, which I don't play for outs, especially if you don't have, you know, very many kids because then mm -hmm. <laughs> the game's over. <laughs> um, but if you're playing with a big group like on a play date and your kids have a healthy sense of competition, then sure, <laughs> play for outs. Um, so if you say captain's coming – then they can't move until you say at ease. So that's kind of like the Simon Says aspect of it. Um, and then there's so many other commands. There's man overboard. Uh, so one person drops to one knee and the other one stands behind them and puts the, a hand on their shoulder and both scan the ocean for the person that is overboard. Um, or crow's nest, three players stand back to back. Uh, and lock arms at the elbows to form a crow's nest. So some of these you can't play with just two kids or if you have an only child. But um, they're fun uh, for groups. Uh, Lighthouse takes two players. So two players join. Oh, no, it takes three. Two players join arms and the third person is in the middle. Um, walk the plank. Each player walks in a straight line and says out loud, one, two, three, splash. Um, but the way that you like get is you want to be moving quickly between all these commands and you can make up your own uh, if you want. Um, and then you say captain's coming and then try to say like walk the plank. And if they walk the plank, then they didn't, you know, they didn't wait for Eddie's. And so you're like, oh, I got you. I got you. Ha ha ha. Um, so that's a fun one that's pirate themed. Um, next up is making a pizza. So for this one, you all sit in a circle or a triangle or a line <laughs> um, and you spread your legs like uh, you straddle them out as wide as you can and that is your pizza slice and so then you put ingredients on the pizza and the point of this game is stretching <laughs> um, it works on imagination but it also works on stretching and for that, you're like pretending to put sauce on it and then they can get wild with the pizza ingredients because uh, it's all in your imagination. So I've had kids make a pizza for a robot where they put nuts and bolts and springs on the pizza. Um, 
or a lot of times they like to make dessert pizza or it's the holidays. So if they want to make like a cookie pizza for Santa or whatever, um, you can get really creative with what the ingredients that you put on your pizza. Um, and that one you can do pretty young. I would say two years old and up. Uh, yeah, if you're like sitting across from them, if you only had one child, child like foot, like put your feet together, that would mm-hmm. be fun. Yeah, yeah. And, and you can kind of then do more like teamwork of like what are we going to put on our pizza and did we cover the whole mm-hmm. thing and um, instead of everyone having their own individual slice, which when I have a bigger group, getting a whole big group to agree <laughs> not gonna happen as easily (laughs) um so yeah but if it's just you and a child deciding together what you want on your pizza um and I find that that one's a good one to do um sometimes I do it before nap time as like kind of a wind down activity because you're Mm -hmm. seated and it's like a little more like you're, you're just not you know, going crazy. You're not jumping yeah. around. Um, and you're stretching out your muscles, which feels nice before you lay down. So yeah, you're having like some good one-on-one before. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're with one child. Yeah. Or right after they wake up sometimes, although it depends on the kid. Cause some kids are super cranky. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and it depends on how they feel about that game, if they want to play it or not. But, um, but if you do have a kid that seems like they have a lot of excess energy, uh, a shakedown is really fun. <laughs> so <laughs> this one's super simple. And this is one that I do. Uh, like sometimes in Chicago, traffic is bad. And if we're trying to like go to a museum, we have to drive not all the way like downtown, but museum campus is, you know, you have to kind of drive through downtown and traffic can be bad and I know that we're going to be sitting in the car and so sometimes I will do a shakedown before we get in a car so for a shakedown you are all standing kind of in a circle and you put your right hand up and you shake it while you count very loudly down from 10 and you can pick what number you want to count down from but I usually start with 10 so you shake it 10 times and then you shake your left hand 10 times and then your right foot and then your left foot and then you do it again nine times on each and then eight seven six five four three two one and by the time you get to one you want to see how quickly you can move between your limbs um and so the physical movement along with the um the shaking action i find helps get a lot of like those jitters out and then we can kind of like settle into a car ride. Yeah, because after that, you're going to just want to sit. <laughs> yes, because you're like out of breath. And I mean, at least I am, um, which then makes me question, like, I need to go to the gym more. Um, but yeah, so that one's really fun. And then Wax Museum or Night at the Museum is the one that um, you mentioned earlier. So for that mm-hmm. one... Eat, uh, you want to explain to the students that they are all or the kids, the nanny kids, that they are all statues in a wax m- museum and you are the curator and you can talk about what a curator is. Uh, I've also played where I am the like night guard or the janitor. 
um, you explained at the beginning that when the curator or whatever you decide to be is in the room or facing the statue, the statues cannot move or speak. So they don't want to get caught being alive, right? Uh, and so you leave the room briefly or you can just turn your back because you know your kids. You know if you can completely leave a room or not. Um, mm-hmm. So then the statues come alive and they interact with each other and then you come back in and they all freeze in their current position. And then you as the curator or the night watchman uh, like talk about the statues. So if one is like laying down, you're like, oh, this uh, is the the tired prince of Peru. He was known to sleep for days on end or whatever, you know, or like, oh, no, the heat must be too high. This statue looks like it's melting. Um, Things like that. Or like this is a a vicious battle between a dinosaur and a lion, clearly. So whatever their position makes you think of, you just call it out, which is a really nice way to make a child – uh, feel seen uh, to like give them attention without like demanding that they do something perfectly there's no perfect way no perfect position and you can get really silly and kids think it is hilarious the sillier you get with how <laughs> you explain it but then so you can go over to one kid and like talk about their positioning and like make sure that your back is to the other kid and so then they try to move into a different position and then you turn around really quick and see if you catch them moving and then talk about them and then the other kid moves and back and forth and back and forth so you can play this one <laughs> for a long time <laughs> um but yeah, and that one I have found takes a little bit older. I think like ages five to ten for that one. Um, <laughs> but they have a lot of fun. I think some four-year-olds can handle it. Certainly, yeah. If they've got like older siblings, especially they can that they can that they're watching. Yes, that is super helpful. Um, ever trade places and you become the statue? Yes, for sure. And the things that they say. <laughs> are just so funny. That's actually my favorite because I think it's hilarious uh, what they come up with. And, you know, you you trying to be sneaky is really funny to them too. Yeah, because they get to catch you. Yeah, and a lot of times I, like, over-exaggerate my movements and sometimes, like, I get caught on purpose or whatever, you know, um, just to be silly and celebrate mistakes <laughs> um so yeah so another one and this is a really popular uh theater game or uh improv warm-up particularly is called zip zap zop so for zip zap zop you do need at least three people so this one would be very difficult to do with an only child but if you have two nanny kids or more this is a great game. Or if you're on a play date. So you all stand in a circle and you uh, point, like you put your hands together, clap them uh, at 
a person. So you're like clapping them together, kind of like making an arrow and pointing at someone and making eye contact with that person. And then the person that starts it says zip. And then the next person does the same thing to a different person in the circle and says zap. And then the third person says zop. And you want to try to get in a rhythm and see how fast you can go. Um, and that gets really crazy. <laughs> um, but it's also good. It, it helps teach concentration and eye contact, which can be difficult for some kids. But when you're mm-hmm. doing it in a silly game, um, I find that kids that struggle with eye contact are more willing to do it in a silly game. Uh, and if they don't make eye contact, there's beautiful natural consequences because then um, the the other people playing don't know who they were trying to send it to a lot of times. Um, and so that you need that like laser focus for this game to work. And... Uh, and it it will fall apart on its own if they're not making eye contact. So you don't even have to be like, now we got to make eye contact. Uh. Do it. You just let it roll. Um, and on the, the instructions that I'll post, there's um, different like levels. So you can also like take away saying the words and so then you're just passing like the energy through eye contact and your hands pointing um which is nice if you have a headache that's a fun (laughs) game to play because it's quiet (laughs) um which speaking of the quiet game that's always (laughs) (laughs) who can break first i know which sometimes i've had kids that really love the quiet game and like want ask me to play and I'm like okay but then I have other kids that really don't like it which then we don't play yeah it's it's about them I think you had mentioned on another episode where some children just like to play like games similar to get cozy they want to get a pillow and a blanket and lay on the floor in a room they're not tired they just want to play the (laughs) game of pretending to be yes I um, love that game. <laughs> I turned off the light in the playroom. I'm like, I'm going to go get a cup of coffee. You can just keep playing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or they, uh, those two girls really loved making me cozy. They tried <laughs> to find like all of the blankets in the house and put all, like they wanted to spread out all of the blankets on top of me. And I was like, this is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Let's play this. And they loved it. They asked to play it all the time. So, yeah, that's a good one. Although technically equipment, but it's not like toy equipment. It's blankets. So I'll let it. I'll let it slide. Um, But, yeah, so that's that's a great one. And then um, the last one that I'll mention, if you visit the Chronicles of Nania, uh, Facebook or the website www.chroniclesofnania.com there are more games on here but some of them are hard to explain on air and would be easier for you just to read the instructions but Emotion Party this game is so fun and I play it with my kids and sometimes I play it with adults at like theater parties <laughs> so for this one each player thinks of an emotion and so 
you want like to give them time, especially if it's the first time that you're playing, you want to give them time to like think of their emotion. And then one person who is quote unquote the host begins in the center of the room and they are miming like they're setting up for a party. So the first few times we play this, I am usually the host just to help teach um, through doing. And then Another player knocks on the door and is let in. So this can be a real door. Uh, They can be actually walking into the room or it can be a fake door and they can make like they can stomp their foot to make a knocking sound or if they can click, you know, like the uh, if they know that sound effect, uh, they can do that. And then they bring in a new emotion. So uh, and I talk to them usually about how the bigger the emotion the easier it is um so they bring in that they're angry or that they're happy or that they're sad or um and then we kind of like start building the vocabulary so they're not just angry they're furious or things like that um and so they come in with an emotion and then you as the host take on that emotion so start mirroring it back to them so you're doing you're still miming all of the party things uh like blowing up balloons or uh pouring drinks and you're not using any actual equipment you're just miming all of it but you're doing it now through the lens of this new emotion so that goes on for 20 to 30 seconds And then the next kid comes in and they bring a new emotion and then the whole party changes to that new emotion. Um, So it's really great because it's helping teach kids to recognize emotions and that all emotions are acceptable if they're not hurting themselves or other people um, and like lets them kind of experience some of those emotions without... Uh, the stress of actually feeling them or having all the layers of like I'm angry because you didn't bring me snack (laughs) (laughs) Um, things like that Um, or I wanted a clementine and you gave me an apple or whatever Um, so that one I have a blast playing and that one uh, most kids do too it is really fun I I was part of the group that was that helped demonstrate and it was a blast there might be some yes. funny videos like, or photos <laughs> online of it somewhere. yeah yeah if anyone's listening and they have one of those videos from nanny palooza i didn't take any because i was teaching it um but yeah it's it's a super fun game and that one um is also a really great one to play on a play date if you are not sure what you want to do um, on the play date or if uh, you have kids that come up and say I'm bored <laughs> uh, that's an excellent one to play with kids because and then once you teach it a lot of times you as the nanny can step away and they, they will keep playing it which that when kids like start the games or they teach it to a friend those are some of my favorite moments of like oh I taught you this game and now you've made it your own and you're often flying by yourself (laughs) um so yeah uh those are 
my like top favorite games to play. I'm sure that there are tons and tons and tons that we left out. Um, but did you have any others, Sarah? I think I have one more. Forgive me if yeah. it's similar to something we've already mentioned. Um, That's okay. I find this works really well with children who are still getting adjusted to using their gross motor skills. So uh-huh. we do a game that's typically like, I'll be saying walking, walking, and they'll walk to the tune, and then I'll be running, 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 and they'll be, and I'll change the action yeah. and they'll do it, which is good if you have to run around a kid around the house when it's thirty degrees yes. outside. So that's really <laughs> great. If you had a bunch of kids, that could probably get pretty chaotic really quick. But if you have one little person, and that could be done outside too if the weather's nice, right? But no, that's a great one. Or honestly, sometimes I'm like, we're going to run from the front door to the back door 10 times. Mm-hmm. I'm going to time you. Go. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm just like, you have too much energy. We're going to hop. How many? Let's see how many times we can hop in place. Let's just try yes. to get energy out. Sometimes they just need to move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're are a lot of um, games that you can play with like a painter's tape on the ground. I love painter's Uh, tape. Yes. It's so wonderful. So if you um, are stuck inside, technically that does require one piece of equipment, but um, I think that's okay. Uh, If you're stuck inside, it basically serves the same purpose kind of as chalk, mm-hmm. but you can uh, tape out uh, hopscotch or uh, we've made like racetracks on the ground for uh, Hot Wheels and things like that. Um, so that's a good cabin fever breaker, which I probably will have an episode of just cabin fever breakers Uh in January or February because those are the months where you're, you're going like, to it. Where it is negative 12 outside, so we <laughs> really can't go. We can't even get um, to the car. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, those are all, I think, really good to get you started. But if you're listening at home and you're like, but wait, I have this game that I love to play and they didn't talk about it. And I think that Martha and Sarah and all the Chronicles of Nania listeners would love it. Please email it in to chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. I would love to, uh, with your permission, post it on Facebook or um, or share it on a future episode. Uh so yeah, and I'm I'm always wanting to learn new games. So if you have one that you just adore that works really well, uh, please send it my way. I will be forever grateful. <laughs> um, cool. Well, we end each episode with a funny, cute, uplifting story, um, and I have kind of brought one. Uh, <laughs> this time i'm i'm somewhat running out guys so if you have one at home please send it into chronicles of nania um because i'm always looking for cute ones to end the podcast and uh but 
so my littlest one, we went to the library recently and um, he loves Spider-Man and all the Marvel guys. And we found this Marvel joke book. And a lot of them he doesn't get because they're based on Marvel characters and he doesn't know their special powers and they're, you know, puns. Um, but he's now started making up his own <laughs> and they get pretty ridiculous. So like one is like, why did the chicken cross the road? Cause it was actually a dinosaur. <laughs> like, good job. bud. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> or, uh, or like, why, why does Hulk say Hulk smash? Cause he's green. <laughs> yep. Good job, friend. It's pretty cute. I, I really love him working through, uh, trying to make up so new jokes. Cute. It is. And they're and like it's nonstop. I'm surprised. It seems bottomless his ability to he he certainly understands like setup punchline. He just maybe doesn't get the connection between the setup and punchline. <laughs> but he he does the rhythm correctly every time and I really appreciate it. So awesome. very, very cute. Um but yeah, well thank you so much, Sarah. You're welcome. I had so much fun. Yeah, this is always lovely. Um, and thank you all for listening. Well, we actually won't see you next week. I was about to do my normal <laughs> sign-off. But next week is uh, Christmas Eve is the release date. And so I'm going to take that week off. So I will see you all in two weeks. Thank you for listening. Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.